This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Goldbranson joining us, Silver and Black today. Obviously, a big Kenny Caraway fan is he's got the he's got the KC hat on, so he's a <laughs> big fan of Kenny Caraway. Uh, Scott, we appreciate I you. I surprise you. I got I got to tell you the story though, Delo. So, doing my Raiders show, I was wearing this hat one time, and this guy went nuts on me. How dare you wear a Kansas City hat? I'm like, where do you live? He's like East Bay. I'm like, you ever heard the Sam Cooke song? Don't know much about history. Yeah, okay. It's an A's hat, dude. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. No, they Kenny deals with they that all know. the time. Yeah, yeah Kenny deals know. with that all the time. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to D-Lo and Casey on KIFM West Sacramento, 98.5 FM Carex, QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Scott, we were just talking, obviously, as you heard about the New York Jets and and some of their situations at, at, at the quarterback position that stem from their situations on the offensive line. Now, it's fascinating that we could talk about a bad offensive line like New York and an offensive line like the Las Vegas Raiders because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been sacked this season, which is really incredible. And I, I saw yesterday one of the things that, that, that um, Josh McDaniel was quick to point out is they're getting bullied uh, on that offensive line. They're getting uh, uh, bullied up front. And... How do you, how do you fix that? Like we, we we want to point to the run game. We want to point to the problems with Josh Jacobs. We want to point to Jimmy Garoppolo and the and the, and the mistakes that he makes. And while Jimmy Garoppolo staying upright, like that offensive line is creating some issues for for Las Vegas. It certainly is, and I mean, yes, they did not give up a sack against Buffalo, but they were pushing him back the whole game, and they they put definitely put pressure on Garoppolo. Resulted in one interception and an ill advised pass early in the game. Uh, where he was just trying to get a screen out and he couldn't see around him and he threw it up and and certainly uh, didn't end up the way he wanted it to. So you look at that, but the running game, the fact that this line is getting bullied um, is an issue because it's, it's not just that it happened against the Bills. I mean, let's face it, the Bills are a much better team than the Raiders. I thought the Raiders could keep it closer. If you remember, I didn't necessarily think they would win the game, but I thought they could keep it closer. I didn't know that it was going to be a complete butt kicking like it was up front on both sides of the ball. So with the offensive line, yeah, not only that, remember the Raiders offense now, which if you listen to some people, guys, 
It was going to be a top 10 offense, remember? Even with Jimmy G, a top 10 offense. Guess what? They're last in scoring in the league with 13 and a half points a game. Plot so, twist. Yeah, so they cannot get the ball going on offense. So then people say, well, the defense, it's all the defense, which is the same thing they said the last five years. But that's true. But what are you going to do when your offense can't? It's called complementary football. When, you're, when your offense can't stay on the field, your defense can't stop anybody. It's a bad mix. And I wasn't so surprised that the Bills came out and beat the Raiders. But certainly the issues up front on both sides of the ball have to be addressed. And you got to see them take advantage of Pittsburgh, whose offense is not very good, but their defense is pretty good. So uh, this could be a really tight game coming up uh, on Sunday night football when the Raiders get back at it. And they, I think they, I don't ever say must win, but they definitely need a win at home in their only home game out of the first four. Well, one of the things I think about when I hear about the offensive line struggling and not being able to get points and things, things of that nature, I think about obviously the actual team and the game plan, but I think about the coaching. And you've got to coach to your strengths. You've got to understand the strengths and weaknesses of your team. And if you can't um, protect the quarterback, well, you can't have five and seven stop, stop drops, right? Like you've got to be able to – we saw a little bit with the, the Rams and the 49ers game, get the ball out quick, you know, get that ball, three-step drop, get it out, know where you're going, and, and, and help that offensive line out a little bit. Do you, do you think – McDaniels has that in him. Have you seen some of that already and they just haven't executed? Or like, what what are you seeing on the film when you see these guys uh, in that offense? It's a good point, Casey. I mean, you look at it and you see the first drive of the game against Buffalo, 75 yards, five plays, mow right down the field, score a touchdown, right? Looks good, but it's a scripted deal. Now you start to see different looks on defense and some something's not happening because – Again, you have all these weapons you have on offense. You have Hunter Renfro, slot receiver. Don't play him. He had one touch late in the game. You have uh, Michael Mayer, second-round draft pick out of Notre Dame, the big tight end. They had four targets of tight ends in that last game. Four, okay? And, And you look back, and on average, I think they had 13 last year. So something's not going right. Something's not clicking with that offense. And, yeah, it starts with the line. But what's happening when you're not using these weapons? Yes, you went to Devontae Adams. Of course, Jacoby Myers was out. But you're not. We heard all this talk in the preseason about, hey, we're going to have all these two tight end sets. You have Austin Hooper, former pro bowler. You got the young buck, Michael Mayer on the other side. We're going to do some of that. And they haven't seen any of it. So I don't know what's going on there. But certainly something isn't right offensively with this team. And you have to go back to coaching because they had problems with it last year. So we talk about the offensive line. One thing we talked about during the training camp, a lot during training camp, was defense and defensive communication. And obviously that's something every Raider fan was watching given how bad uh, that they were last year. It doesn't feel like it's a ton better. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's a ton better. And it's I don't want to be... I don't want to pick apart that Buffalo game too much, but you know this is the sample size we have, right? We have the one and we have the one. But it feels like that secondary was getting eaten up a little bit, and and it seems like some of the mistakes were preventable, especially from you know on Bennett's side. The, the, mm-hmm. you, you you watch some of that, and I I hate the all twenty two. It makes us all you know think we're smarter than we really are. But like I get it, you do see a lot of things there on that all twenty two that you don't always see. There was a play where, which to me feels totally, he's watching like a running back. 
Like he completely loses his receiver. He's watching the running back, and it winds up like as a touchdown. Those are the things, and I only bring that up not to pick on Bennett, but because we were talking about defensive communication before the regular season started, and I think you and I both thought, like, hey, they've gotten a lot better with this. Uh, We saw it in the preseason games, and now that the games are here and they matter, not so much. Yeah, it's been it's been frustrating, and I mean, you're right. I don't think you're picking on Jacorian Bennett. I think, look, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes, and sometimes he's going to get lost. You expect that, and and but you see it, and you're kind of like, wait a minute. And you see it a couple times. And you're like, okay, what's going? on? What help is he not getting? What's not being communicated there? But then you go to the front of the line to the, listen. They're not getting a pass rush, and there's nothing worse for a young secondary than not having a pass rush because all the pressure is on them. And look, at you you don't have all the talent. You have Bennett. He's great. You have uh, Marcus Peters on the other side, the veteran. But at safety, Marcus Epps, Trayvon Morig, terrible. Just have not been good. Now, that's not all because of the lack of rush. They're also not adjusting well on plays, getting lost in coverage. Back to your point about communication. Who's got what and, and, and where in what play? It seems like that that has broken down. And you can only make, you know, I think some one of the most overrated things people say is we got to make adjustments right during the game. Well, guess what? You don't make that many adjustments. You talk to an NFL coach, they're going to tell you, look, we got a game plan. We can do small things here and there, but it's kind of your game plan. So you have to ask yourself the game plan of Patrick Graham on defense with, with knowing what talent he has was to keep everything in front of them. Uh, but then guess what happened? <laughs> they, they didn't even do that at times. So, so I, I, it's, it's, it's perplexing. People are getting frustrated with the lack of defense, they spent a lot of money on the front of the defense. They even made a trade with their uh, rivals, the Chiefs in the division, sending one of their interior defensive linemen because that's that's how how thick and deep they thought they were with interior defensive linemen. And nobody's getting home. It's gotten worse than even it was last year. Mm. All right, Scott. I don't know how it's going to get better. All right, they got to play better. What else can you do? It's too late to do anything else, right? Unless make a trade. Look, if you're not going to use Hunter Renfro, trade him and get a defensive piece. <laughs> what are you going to well, do? A, that's yeah. that's a whole other yeah. issue. Yeah. But downtown Scott, I'm going to pull back <laughs> a little bit. I'm going to go macro. I don't think anybody thought the Raiders were going to start the season 2-0 with those two games. Uh, they found a way to get one of them, one and one. You got the home game coming up against the Steelers. To start the home schedule. Got concerns about that, by the way. Understandable. The Steelers' defense is good. Yeah, yeah, un- understandable. But you, you're, you're keeping your head above water. I know it's only two weeks, but you're keeping your head above water right now. And you still have an opportunity to, like, stay at that level, stay around 500 and, and keep building off things. If I was Josh McDaniels, if you were Josh McDaniels and you were talking to this team today on Tuesday after that tough loss, what would you say to remind them, like, hey – We've one and one in the first two. That's I don't know if that was their goal or not, but that's okay. Let's build on this. This is something that we've done in these two games that we can build on. What would that this be? I think that would be their mental toughness from from week one, right? So so they went to Denver, a tough place to play. When you're on the road, I don't care who Denver is at that moment in time, what kind of team they are, any AFC West game on the road is going to be tough. So going in there, go back to that. What worked there? Why did they do better? Now, they they still had some of the same deficiencies you saw exposed. They just played a much better team than they did in Denver, okay? So you look at that. You look at the fact, hey, we're home. This is our home opener, all right? So I would play into that as well and say, look, it's one week at a time, and it's two weeks, okay? 
There is 15 more weeks to go. That's a long way away. Mm -hmm. So you can't overreact too much there. But but there there definitely needs to be some urgency around play and around around being able to step up your game. That's what I that's what my message would be. Because listen, you could come out if you can come out of this two and two, if you can win at home and go steal a game down in Los Angeles against the Chargers who are reeling right now defensively, who knows? They might have their best play, uh, but they always play each other tough. So to me, that would be the message is, look, we're going to learn from that game. We're not going to just burn the tape. We're going to learn from it and understand what we did. We got to be better against this Pittsburgh team because they're they're tough up front too. So let's go get this game. Let's even our record out, and then we'll worry about our divisional matchup against the Chargers. Can makers make any sense to you? Uh, there's a rumor out there, obviously, the Rams seem to hate his guts here at this point, and a number of teams have inquired about him. I wasn't expecting to see the Raiders' name on that list from Jordan Schultz, but sure enough, there they were. Does that does that make any sense to you? It makes sense because if you look at behind Josh Jacobs, um, the, the kid Zamir White, who they took out of Georgia uh, two drafts ago, uh, they really liked him. He has just not progressed, I think, to the level. In the preseason, he got obviously all the time he needed because Josh Jacobs was holding out. And he just hasn't shown anything. He, he had a nice run against Buffalo and then fumbled the ball. So I think that that shows you. And again, Josh McDaniels is always going to be in love with two running backs. He's got to have two for that system. And clearly, with that being out there, I don't think they feel comfortable with number two. And so if they can go get a player like Cam Akers, who we'll see, the Rams, I, I agree with you. I don't think they seem to give him a fair chance for whatever reason. If he were to come in to the Raiders and they have that secondary back, it would help them significantly because I just don't think they have the confidence in Zamir White. Scott, great stuff as always, man. Silver and black today. Uh, Raider fans, this is something you absolutely must be watching, following, and listening to. Uh, Scott, you're one of the best, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll get to see you with the Insiders on Thursday. All right. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. You take care now. And by the way, KC, are those are those some of Dion's glasses? Has he got you on the payroll? <laughs> you know, too? What's going I, on? I, you know, I'm I'm in conversations with Dion. I'm in talks with Dion, <laughs> trying to be a Sacramento ambassador, an ESPN thirteen twenty ambassador for Dion's. Uh, I love glasses, it, man. You guys man. both look great as always. <laughs> take care.